PMDD partners, welcome to another episode of the In Love with PMDD podcast. I am your host, Dr. Rose Alcaton, your PMDD relationship psychotraumatologist. And being that I have PMDD, I have chosen to specialize my practice in helping PMDD partners to stop the monthly breakups. Each week, I will be providing you with my signature trauma transformational tools. Now let's get into this week's episode. Today, I want to talk to you about your partner's fight with PMDD. So many times we think about fighting and we automatically think about fighting with each other. We think about arguments that we have, disagreements that we've had because we've said things and done things while we're in PMDD that are just below the belt. And we end up in this endless cycle of arguments every month. And we don't really realize that our partner has their own fight with PMDD. And I recognize this within the last couple of months with my PMDD partner, with the disagreements and the fights that we were having. And I remember when I get in my follicular days, I'm able to see things that happen in my relationship so much more clear. And I have these after PMDD conversations with my partner. I have sessions with him, just like I have sessions with my clients. And we really just go over everything that happened while we were in PMDD. This is something that I do a lot with my private clients. And I also do it with myself because I know that it works. And so this last um, PMDD cycle, you know, we had that really big argument and I remember thinking back because now I'm back in this loving place and, you know, we're talking to each other. We're so much more loving. We're so much more attentive. Like there's no tension. There's no stress. And it's almost like night and day. We don't even seem recognizable um, to each other when we are out of PMDD. And I was wondering, I know why I do the switch, why I switch when I come out of PMDD, because I don't have the PMDD symptoms anymore. When I'm no longer suffering, it's so much easier for me to be loving towards my partner because I don't have any stress going on. I don't have any things that I'm trying to battle within myself. So then there's no battle within my relationship. And if there is things that comes up, I notice that I'm way more willing to just let either let it go or it doesn't really bother me that much. I'm not really offended. And if he says things or does things, I'm just way more go with the flow. I'm like, oh, that's okay, babe. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, I feel like I can handle so much when I don't have the suffering of PMDD. And so I can wrap my head around that because it's me that has PMDD, but I couldn't wrap my head around why does my partner change? What is his shift? What is going on within him that would cause him to act so differently towards me? I mean, this last cycle, there were so many, you know, I know that I say, oh, you say things below the belt, but there were so many things said that were so final, that were so just evil and bad. And I'm like, what would cause my partner to say these things? Like, there's nothing switching in his hormones, you know, or his testosterone or whatever. Um, So what would cause him to switch like that? And I really had to take some time to figure it out. And this is just like I do with my private PMDD clients. I'm always trying to get to the bottom of, it's not just about the argument itself. There's always something there deeper. And so as I studied my partner, my partner, to figure out what was going on, 
I realized that my partner fights with PMDD. Every single month that my partner knows PMDD is coming, he gets on high alert, right? So when I picked him up from the airport when he was coming last time, I already noticed that before he even got into the car, if I really thought about it, like things were just different, you know, with our communication. And when he got in the car, he was very much on edge for this visit. And I had just seen him a couple of days before. And before when I got in the car, we were like, you know, we kissed each other. We were holding hands the whole car ride. And even his mannerisms were different. Like he was just kind of like in his corner, like to the side, sitting in the car and kind of like glancing at me, like in the, it was very like creepy, like kind of like looking, you know, how you look at somebody in the corner of their eye, like you're just looking over. And I realized, you know, in the moment, I didn't understand what was going on. But after talking to him, now that we've had the arguments, we've had the big blowups, we said all the things, we've done all the things. And when I talked to him, he was like, I knew you were going into PMDD. I knew this, this big blow up was going to happen. And I was like, well, how did you know? Because we actually didn't have any disagreements or arguments before. We were actually on a, in a really good spot. And he's like, I just know how it is when PMDD comes. And he was just very abrasive and very even aggressive, just you know, explaining that to me. And I was like, what, what is going on when he shifts into this mindset that PMDD is coming? And that's when I realized because he gets on high alert, he prepares himself for the PMDD battle, whether I do something or not, whether I show signs of negative PMDD behavior, whether I show signs that we're going to have an argument or blow up like we did before, he still is very tense. And he literally said to me when we were going, you know, over everything that happened, he was like, I don't think you understand the trauma that I experienced after PMDD arguments, after the fights, the fear that is instilled in me that we're going to have another fight like that. And will I be able to survive? And what do I need to do? And all of these things are ruminating in his mind about PMDD, whereas I was planning on having a really good PMDD month because I was doing the work, right? I was implementing new tools. So in my mind, there was nothing that was going to be going on that was going to cause us to have a PMDD blow up. But he kept replaying the past PMDD blowups, the past PMDD fights over in his mind again and again and again. And it was literally driving him crazy. And that's why his actions were so erratic. I remember there were so many times and I couldn't believe it that during PMDD, I was actually calming him down. Like it made me come out of myself because he was such, he was in such an anxious state, like literally like how I normally am when I have PMDD anxiety and I'm all over the place flailing. Like I, you know, when I get really bad anxiety, like I could be brushing my teeth and, you know, my hands are shaking or I'll drop things. I get really clumsy. And he just had that anxious energy. Like he couldn't sit still. And I was like, what in the world is going on with him? And I had no idea of the mental anguish, the, t- the torture that was going on in his mind because he w- he didn't tell me in the moment, right? So these are just conversations that we had after the fact, but in the moment, I was like, man, what is going on with him? You know, because he just, 
He just seemed so anxious on high alert, couldn't calm down, couldn't enjoy the moment. So it didn't matter what the scenario was. Like even when we were at the restaurant, you know, how beautiful the ambiance was. And and when we worked out together, he was still, I remember. So I should have, so I should have seen the signs. So I want to let you know that these are signs that you can notice in your PMDD partner if you're you're wanting to know if your partner is anxious about you being in PMDD. So normally me and my PMDD partner, we work out together in the gym, the home gym that we have. And I have a treadmill in there and we have a weight machine. And then I do um, at home workouts. So we have a TV in there where we stream the workouts. And so sometimes it'll be a time where one of us is running on the treadmill and one of us is just doing like a body weight exercise or weight exercise. So I immediately, you know, get up in the morning. He was already working out. And I had slept in for a little bit, obviously, because I was in PMDD. And I went into the, you know, home gym to kind of like, oh, I need to like go in the home gym so I can get my workout in. He was already on the treadmill. And immediately, as soon as I walked in, he hopped off the treadmill. And I was just like, oh, you're, you know, and I started setting my things up. Like, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was like, oh, he's done, you know, his set. And so I'm like, good morning, baby, or whatever. And I start getting my stuff, setting my water down, you know, my dog goes in there. And so he kind of just hangs out and I start setting up my workout. He's like, oh, you're not, you're not getting on the treadmill. And I'm like, no, I didn't, I'm not getting a treadmill. He's like, oh, that's why I got off. Cause I thought you were going to get on the treadmill. And I was like, no, I didn't even say I was going to get on the treadmill. He is actually what I'm realizing. He is scared of me when I'm in PMDD. He's scared of me. Like I literally walked in and he hopped off as if like a little kid who was doing the wrong thing. And I didn't notice it in the moment because I thought it was just a coincidence, but all of his behavior showed me that he was scared of a reaction that I hadn't even shown him, but it was a reaction maybe of the past that he was replaying in his mind. And so what I noticed about this is that he was waiting for a PMDD sighting. He was dissecting everything that I was doing and waiting to see if PMDD was going to rear its ugly head. And internally, there were a lot of, you know, PMDD things that I was going through, but none of, he wasn't necessarily doing anything for me to even like bring anything up other than being really anxious. And so I don't know if you're like me, but when your partner's really anxious, it makes you really anxious because it's that that nervous energy. So I was just kind of like on edge, but I was also, he, he was so anxious that it made me come out of myself and my own anxiety and be like, hey, like, it's going to be okay. Like, we're, we're good. Like, you know, I did that a couple of times during the, during the visit. And he still was still anxious, like nothing I could do calmed him down. So he had said, um, when we were arguing one time, he was like, I mourn the loss of you without PMDD. He despises what PMDD does to me. And, and the reason why I know he despises it is because when my partner doesn't like something, he squints, right? And like, like one of those evil, like little squints, when you look at something that you just don't like, he kept doing that to me a couple of times um, during the visit. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what is going on? But then I realized it's not me. It's 
me with PMDD. I really believe that he despises the fact that PMDD has robbed him of who I was just a week ago, right? He's mad at it. So my partner is a Marine. You know, he's been into the military over 20 years. And the way he deals with conflict in any arena is the same, whether it's in the battle with the military or a battle in day-to-day life. He runs towards the adversary. He runs towards the fight. He doesn't go away from the fight, right? So a lot of times um, when we've had arguments, when we had our biggest one at the lake house, which I referenced before, and he was really emotional about it. He was like, I I lost, like I'm too weak, I'm too weak. And I remember I didn't understand it in the moment, but this month I finally understood it. I'm like, what does he mean he was too weak? He He was mourning it saying like he lost the battle, he lost the fight, like... I get it. You win. And when it, when he says you win, he wasn't talking about me because I wasn't fighting with him. He was talking about PMDD. I remember saying to him multiple times during his visit, like, I'm not even fighting with you. Like, I couldn't believe that he left the house and he was so anxious and angry when I wasn't the one fighting with him. And I remember talking about this with my best friend saying, I, she was like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, I literally did nothing. Like I was being loving. I was being open. I was being understanding. I was, you know, shutting down and not saying anything, but he was still approaching me as if I was the enemy, as if he was angry with me and I really couldn't understand it. And I now I understand it was because PMDD was inside of me and he he can't do anything about it. So earlier in our journey, he used to say, oh, he used to give me all of these recommendations for what to do when I'm in PMDD to not let PMDD win. Like pretend like PMDD is not there. Keep yourself really busy and then maybe you won't notice that you're in PMDD. You know, all the things that I'm sure that we've all done that really don't work, but it's, you know, it's a good thought to think that, oh, I'm, I can just pretend like PMDD is not there. But he was just, every month it was like, we would have these long talks and he was like, okay, we're going in the fight. Like we got this, you know, kind of like doing one of those little huddles that you see. I always reference like um one of my favorite movies, Troy with Brad Pitt. And when they're about to, uh, you know, go into, go onto the attack the beach, right? So they get all of the warriors around and they're like revving them up, you know, they're pumping them up so that they can get super aggressive. And, you know, they say things like we are lions, like, and they go into battle and they just feel so that you can feel strong. And a lot of times that's what they do. Like even us, when we go to deploy, you know, I'm in the military, I've been in the military over 19 years now. And when you're about to go into battle, you have to do this mental, you know, you pump yourself up and you remind yourself of who you are and you remind yourself of how strong you are so that when you're going into battle, you feel that strong and then your actions reflect that. So we were doing that in the beginning of our PMDD journey about like when he knew that I was going into PMDD, he'd be like, we got this, this is our game plan. And there were so many months where we had done that kind of pumping up thing and we were super, super confident. And then PMDD came and it hit me like a wrecking ball, like Miley Cyrus. Like it hit me so hard to where I felt like I can't do this. You know, I'm, I remember the first time I had a suicidal ideation and I expressed it to my partner Instead of being understanding and kind of sympathetic and kind of um, 
soft with me. I remember I was crying. I was so miserable, so tortured because I had all of my PMDD symptoms hitting me from all different directions. And I made a comment about a suicidal ideation and it was, you know, I don't think I can do this. Like I felt like I was so weak, like it was taking, like PMDD was taking me over and he went off on me. He was like, you can't do this. You can't leave me. You don't say that. Like, but I realized a lot of times I thought he was yelling at me. I'm like, who yells at a suicidal person? Like, what the heck is going on? And what it was, was that he was yelling at the PMDD in me. He was fighting the demon, the evil demon that was inside of me. He was kind of calling it out. You know, it's kind of like what they do. When you're in war, like even the Vikings, like, you know, I, I love all of these movies, like about Greek mythology and like the old war. There weren't like war movies like MASH, but like when the warriors went like in the Renaissance and stuff like that, specifically Troy 300, stuff like that. When they went into those camps, they like banged on their doors and was like, come out and fight, you know, come out and fight. And I feel like that's what my partner does when PMDD comes. He's like, come out and fight. And he's not fighting me. He's fighting for me because he's thinking that he can beat PMDD. It won't be a thing anymore. And then we can go off and live our life and love each other the way we do when PMDD is not there. So we have progressed to this point in our relationship where he is seeing that PMDD is a separate thing. It's just that when he's fighting PMDD, I think he's fighting me. I think he's addressing me, but he's not. He's addressing PMDD and he's calling it out. And he's because I'm like, how can he talk to me so aggressively? Like when I'm not in PMDD, like he would never talk to me like that. Like never, like even if he was upset, uh, frustrated, all of the things, he would kind of be like, okay, babe, like kind of brush it off. But I feel like he almost thinks that because PMDD has a way of making me appear stronger than I am when the PMDD rage comes, he kind of thinks I can take it, you know, because he, he sees how strong and dominant and, you know, masculine I can get when PMDD rage comes, that it's kind of like he feels like he's picking on someone his own size. Whereas when I'm not in PMDD and I'm just, you know, I'm in my feminine energy or I have a lot going on, even when I, I'm doing a lot of things. So you would think it's masculine energy because I'm all over the place doing these things. He's still like, oh, it's okay, babe. Like, you know, like good job on that. Like he's so nice and gentle and supportive and not critical and not judgmental and just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I think a lot of the arguments that we have have been because of the way that he's talked to me when I'm in PMDD. It's kind of like, it's, you know, that new phrase that's out there, like it's the audacity for me. Like that's how I feel when he walked out. I was literally like, he has the audacity to walk out on me, but he wasn't walking out on me. After talking to him, I I heard his side and I was like, wow. Like I didn't even understand that when he had asked me, you know, to spend time with me and be affectionate and all these things. And I was just like, I just need space. Like he told me that when I'm in PMDD, I look different. My mannerisms are different. I act different. I talk different. And he says, I don't think you realize how you different you are 
when you're in PMDD, like even if you're doing the same actions, you're not the same person. Like you talk, you say things to me that you would never say. You do things that you would never do. When I mention doing things that we love to do, you're like, no, I'm good. I don't value the same things that I would value if PMDD wasn't there. And that's what makes him angry because he knows that underneath all of the stuff that PMDD brings to the surface during PMDD, he knows I'm in there and he's just trying to fight through just to get to me. He thinks if he can defeat PMDD, he can get to me again. And he strategizes a lot of times out, like he'll be around the house and he'll just be sitting on the couch. And I'm like, he looks like he's in deep thought. And I'm like, what is going on? He was strategizing. Okay. What can I do if I act really, really loving towards her? Maybe, maybe, you know, it'll bring her back. It's kind of like that movie, The Notebook, where, you know, he read that book to his, his wife for years who had Alzheimer's and she didn't have any memory of their whole, she didn't even know who he was. She didn't know who he was anymore. They had been married for over 50 years. That was his sweetheart. And she wrote a book and she said, if you read this story to me, I will come back to you. And the whole movie, The Notebook, was based off of the premise that if I keep saying things that remind you of who you really are, then you're going to remember who I am and then you're going to come back to me. And I truly believe that my partner does that for me every single month. He tries to do all of the loving things. Even the day that we had the argument, he left me a sticky note. Um, he leaves me sticky notes all the time, all over the place, because my love language is words of affirmation. So he'll leave them on the mirror. And he's been doing this for years and years and years. But he, um, it was a book that I was reading and he left a note in it. And it was like, we're going to have an amazing day. Your husband loves and adores you. You're amazing. And he wrote this in the book so that when I opened it, I would see it. And what he's doing, he's speaking to the core of who I am when I'm not in PMDD in hopes that PMDD will kind of go to the side for a minute and I'll come to the forefront. He'll get to experience a glimpse of me without PMDD, even though PMDD is there. And I read it, I remember reading it. And I do think that we have moments, even when we're in the midst of our suffering in PMDD, where we do kind of feel like ourselves. And that's when I would say, reach out to your partner. If you feel like you have those moments, because you know, PMDD is different for us every single month. And you have a month where you're not having that many symptoms and it's not really affecting you that much then make sure that you're showing that to your partner because it is going to do wonders for your relationship for them to see a glimpse of who you are because that's what keeps them going. A lot of times with my private clients and I listen and I'm like, what is it that's keeping you going? And it's like, because I know who my partner is when PMDD is not there and I won't leave that. Like it's, it's almost the hardest thing to do when you know that you're with the right person but PMDD is literally the problem. So many times, a lot of times they say, I can't leave my partner because I know that this is my person. Even though they have PMDD, this is my person. So if you know that your partner has all of the things that you specifically need, then why would you leave them if you know that they're going to eventually come back? So no, you don't like how your partner is when they're in PMDD, but you love who they are 
when PMDD is not there. So it's like a catch 22. It's like, yeah, I can meet somebody else. This is for your partner. This is what they're thinking. Yeah, I can meet somebody else. Yeah, I can date other people. Yeah, they can kind of, you know, check the block on some of the things that I need, but they're not my person, right? And I always ask my my private PMDD clients, is this your person? Because if this is your person, if this is your person, then it's worth fighting for because you're not going to be able to find anything that they have in anyone else. And I believe that my partner knows that. So there was so much frustration when he walked out because he literally was running away from the PMDD in me. He wasn't running away from me. And I remember saying, why would you think that walking away, that we would still be together, like our relationship was still intact? He was like, I wasn't leaving you. I was leaving the situation. And by the situation, he meant PMDD. He was like, I did not have the capacity to continue to see it take over you the way it was and know that I can't do anything about it. Because your partner wants to protect you. You know, it's not like your partner can go to the store and get you something that's going to make you feel better when you're in PMDD. It's not like you have, you know, a cough and you need cough syrup or some kind of medicine. The cure for PMDD is not on aisle five of Walmart, you know? So it's almost, it's a very helpless and frustrating feeling for your partner to know that you're suffering and that there's nothing that they can do about it because they want to be your hero, your PMDD partner wants to be your hero. They want to be the person that if everybody else annoys you during PMDD, that your partner doesn't. If everybody else makes you frustrated and irritated and triggered, they don't want to be that person. They want to be the exception to the rule. And so when I said to my partner, I need space, that's what hurt him to the core because he was fine with me needing space from everything else. He was fine with me not wanting to be social with my friends, not wanting to be social, but he's like, not with me. Like, I'm supposed to be your person. I'm supposed to be the one that makes you feel better. How do you need space from me? And that was too much for him to handle because when I get into that avoidant attachment style, when I'm in PMDD, I feel like I don't need anyone else. And it's very, it's a very harsh reality for my partner to accept because he he has a sense of purpose that is I, tied to being my person, if that makes any sense. Being my partner gives him a sense of purpose. I, I am a part of his existence. So if I say, I don't need you, then he's like, well, then he still needs me, but then what is he supposed to do? If I'm part of his purpose, like it's almost too much for him to handle to think that I could possibly just, you know, go about living my life and just, you know, if you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not like that's that's heartbreaking, heartbreaking in a sense of I was talking to him afterwards and he said, I feel like I'm having a permanent heart attack. Like my heart feels like it's literally breaking at the thought of not being with you, at the thought of not living my life with you, at the thought of you being able to live your life without me. Literally, physically felt like a heartbreak. 
And I, I had no idea of his suffering. I had no idea of how much of a panic that PMDD was causing him. So a lot of times I would always say like, why, what makes PMDD partners act differently, you know, because they don't have anything with their hormones and stuff. But the fact of feeling like your partner is slipping away from you can physically make you be in pain. So where you feel like part of you is breaking, part of you is dying, part of you is hurting beyond repair. And you just want to do something about it. And you feel like, I just need to fix this. Like, that's what my partner was feeling. I just need to fix this. Like, I can't go on with you being like this. Um, I can't go on with the thought of losing you. I can't go on with thinking about our future and all the things that we just talked about a week ago and they not coming to fruition. I can't deal with that. So I need to do something to bring you back. Camdini lovers, I am so excited to announce my latest course called Dating and PMDD. You asked and I answered. For all of you single PMDD partners wanting to get in a relationship or maybe you're currently dating and you're having some struggles with trying to navigate your PMDD symptoms, or if you're the partner that's thinking about dating someone who has PMDD and you really just want to know how to do it the right way. So we're going to go through eight weeks of intense training with workbooks where we're going to be going over all of these different topics and we're going to have live Q&As. You're going to be able to watch the recordings whenever you feel like it, whatever time zone that you're on. So week one, we're going to be discovering your why. Why do you want to date with PMDD? Why do you want to partner? We need to understand the foundation of that. Week two, we're going to be talking about what makes a supportive PMDD partner. All of my clients always say all the time, I just want a supportive PMDD partner. So I'm going to show you exactly what that looks like when it comes to PMDD. Week three, is going to be boundaries in PMDD, communicating those needs. What is it that you need? What is it that you don't need specifically when you go into PMDD? Week four is going to be PMDD attachment styles. When you go into PMDD, are you an avoidant? Do you have an anxious attachment style? What kind of partner should you date if you have a different attachment style in a PMDD? Week five is the PMDD intrusive thoughts. When you're going through that texting phase and you're not really knowing what to do with that anxiety of should I text? Should I not text? Should I tell them that I have PMDD? When should I tell them that I have PMDD? How should I tell them that I have PMDD? I'm going to give you the exact blueprint of what to say when you have PMDD and you're dating someone that you're wanting to be in a relationship with. Week six is going to be dating through each phase of your cycle. So every single time that you go through your ovulation, your menstruation, your follicular phase and your luteal phase, when you're dating, you're going to be impacted differently. And I'm going to tell you how to date, when to date, which phase of your cycle is more beneficial and which phase is more so you need to kind of pull back a little bit so that you don't do any damage and that you don't scare away a potential PMDD partner. Week seven is how dating affects your PMDD symptoms because when you begin to date, you will have your PMDD symptoms magnified. So I'm going to tell you what to look out for so that you're not surprised, so that you don't feel like you need to stop the dating process or like you're doing something wrong. I'm going to tell you what to expect and what to do to cause your PMDD symptoms to be minimally affected when you're dating. And then the last week eight is going to be how to detach yourself from the PMDD dating process and just have fun and open yourself up to the possibility of having an amazing PMDD 
PMDD partners. So go to www.inlovewithpmdd.com. We start on May 1st and you'll be able to watch the recordings whenever you get this. And you're going to want to get the workbook and everything that's included. I look forward to seeing you in there. We got this. Love you. And so many times he feels like he has to be on high alert because he doesn't want to be blindsided by PMDD. So he feels like if he lets his guard down during PMDD and he, he's vulnerable and he's open and he's sweet and he's nice. And then he makes a comment, not knowing that it's going to trigger me. And then all of a sudden I go off in PMDD rage. He's not going to be able to recover. I really believe that my partner feels like because he's told me, I feel like I can't recover from another one, like a big, another big PMDD blow up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover from that. And that's a scary thing because you feel like if I know that I'm, I can't recover from it, then I need to do whatever I need to do to prevent it from happening. And so it's literally torturing him. PMDD is literally torturing him and it's torturing me. And here I am thinking, good thing you don't have PMDD, like at least you don't have PMDD. And he used to say it, you know, like we're going into PMDD. And I remember when I was in PMDD thinking like arrogantly, like, no, we're not going into PMDD. I'm going into PMDD. You can just live your life. And that is so far from the truth. He cannot just live his life when I have PMDD because I'm different and we are connected. When you're in an intimate relationship, intimate into me, we are what I, what I feel he feels. He doesn't physically have the night sweats. He doesn't physically have a lot of the, the muscle aches, the body, you know, tension, all of the things, the bloating, but he feels every shift in me. When I'm in pain, he feels that I'm in pain and it causes him to be in pain. That's how connected we are. And that's how connected you and your PMDD partner are. It's very hard, very hard. It's called vicarious trauma. It is your partner going through trauma by seeing you go through trauma, right? So they're experiencing the symptoms that you're experiencing because they're so connected to you and they're watching you go through it. And they're having to fight through all of these negative thoughts and feelings and emotions and worst case scenario and all of these things. And there are they are suffering. And a lot of times they don't tell you how much they're suffering because I don't think that they can really put their finger on it, right? I know my partner, until we had this conversation, I don't think that he realized how much he was literally suffering because I was in PMDD. And it's, it's hard to explain because it's like, how do you explain? Like you can't, your PMDD partner can't come to you and say, I'm suffering with PMDD because you'd be like, well, you don't have PMDD. And they don't know how to defend that because in every ounce of them, they feel like they have it because when you go in it, they go in it. And where I used to believe that it's separate, it's not. It's not. And The thing that is scary to PMDD partners the most is that they think that PMDD is taking you away from them. It's taking away the most precious thing to them. 
And to think that this entity that you can't even see, like you're fighting with it, you're fighting with this thing that you can't see. So you always feel like it has more power over you because you can't just go and grab it and throw it away, you know? And he doesn't want to give up. Your PMDD, so many PMDD partners don't want to give up because they know that that means that PMDD will win and PMDD will conquer him and our relationship. And the hardest part is that your PMDD partner feels like they have no control over the PMDD and they have no choice. They have no choice when it comes, how long it comes, what symptoms it gives you. You know, the only thing that they can try the hardest not to do is not argue with you. But if they're fighting against PMDD, the arguments are bound to happen. They're bound to be there. And there's nothing that they feel like that they can do about it. And they have so many negative thoughts, feelings, emotions that they have to fight through every single month just to make it through and say, oh, it's okay. You know, she's going to be back. My my partner's going to be back. You know, they have, almost have to convince themselves of that because they can start to look at you and think that, oh my gosh, this is how it's always going to be. And that's the scariest thing because let's be clear, your partner didn't sign up for PMDD. Just like we didn't sign up for having PMDD, they did not sign up for this. And sometimes they can begin to feel like, I don't know how much longer I can take not getting my needs met, seeing my partner completely shift, not knowing the right things to say and do, feeling like I'm constantly on edge. Because I remember when I was, you know, having a good day in PMDD and I'm like, you're and you're not even being affectionate with me. You know, I said to my partner, like, why aren't you being affectionate? Like we're normally really affectionate naturally when we're together. And he's like, I didn't know if I was able to be affectionate. I didn't know if it was going to be okay. And that made me cry because my partner who probably needed affection from me on multiple occasions didn't feel comfortable enough to come to me and ask for it because they didn't know if it was okay. Because they didn't know if I was going to reject them because I was in PMDD. And so before I immediately, so sometimes when your partner starts to say things like that, you immediately get defensive. That's what I was about to do. I was literally about to be like, no, you could totally come to me if you really wanted, you know, some attention, affection, love, all of these things. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair that you thought that because I cannot in good conscience say that there haven't been times when I've been in PMDD and he's made an advance towards affection And I turned him down and said, no, I don't have the energy right now. I can't. I'm suffering. I'm having night sweats. Like I have all of these valid reasons because I'm in PMDD or PMDD is in me as I'm coming to understand. But a lot of times 
because of the suffering that I am in when PMDD is there. And this was a hard pill for me to swallow because I'm such a selfless person when I'm not in PMDD. I'm such a giving person and not just like gifts, but just like with my attention, with my love, with my affection. Um, but I'm not going to lie. PMDD makes me selfish. It makes me very selfish. And that is the root of a lot of our relationship problems that we've had in the past is that I wasn't thinking about my partner's needs. I was thinking about my suffering and I was expecting him to handle his suffering on his own and me to handle my suffering by myself and to just, I drew a line in the sand. It was like, listen, I don't need you to help me through this because I pretty much come to the conclusion there's nothing you can do. And I get frustrated when you try and it doesn't work. So you just stay over there. And I remember talking to him one time and he was like asking me, what do you need me to do? Do you need me to go to the store? Do you need me to do this? Do you need me to do that? Like he wanted something tangible to do. And I literally just needed space at the moment. And I said, I just, what I want you to do is to just do nothing. I want you to do nothing. And he looked at me and he said, I can't do that. That's not who I am. I can't sit by and do nothing. And I remember thinking in my selfish PMDD mind, oh, how annoying. And what was I saying? How annoying to, how annoying that my partner wants to do something to be there for me so bad that they're practically begging me to give them something to do. But I thought it was annoying. I thought it was annoying that they just didn't go off and do their own thing. And my partner tells me every time I get into PMD, I didn't get married. I didn't be with you to do my own thing. You are my thing. And now that I'm not in PMDD, I think that's beautiful. But guess what? When I'm in PMDD, I think it's annoying. And I, and I feel I'm just selfish. It just makes me really selfish. And what I need to understand is I need to accept that PMDD makes me selfish and I need to shift that mentality and not feel entitled, right? Because there's this, there's this entitlement that you can begin to feel like I deserve, I deserve to be selfish. I have PMDD. I'm suffering. Like, it's kind of like a get out of jail free card. Like I don't need to act any sort of way because I have PMDD and I'm suffering. So I should be able to act however I want to act or what, however I need to act in the moment. It should be understood. Nothing should be taken personally because I'm in PMDD. I've heard this with my private client so many times. Don't take what I say personally. I'm just in PMDD. I didn't mean that. It sounds real to your partner, even though you don't mean it. It feels real to your partner, 
even though you don't mean it. So what are they supposed to do with those feelings, thoughts, and emotions that come after you say those things? Just suck it up and move on and not be a human because we want our feelings, thoughts, and emotions to be taken into consideration always. But what about your partners? What are they supposed to do with those emotions that they feel once they've been hurt, once you've said things that are below the belt? Because this selfishness is, it's an ugly characteristic. I hate it, actually. You know, I hate that PMDD makes me feel evil sometimes. I, I hate that PMDD gives me this ego. The ego is so apparent within me where I just feel super reckless, super careless, like, ah, whatever, like, they'll be all right. Whereas I would have care and concern over certain actions and things that I would do towards my partner. I just assume they'll be good. You know, this is when you start assessing. They're a grown person. They can take care of themselves. Like I'm over here suffering. They should be fine. If I said something that was, you know, below the belt, they they should get over it. That is the wrong answer. That is the wrong answer and it's not sustainable. Because I can tell you in my clear mindedness, not being in PMDD, if someone treated me that way, and I'm laughing because it's, because if someone treated me that way for months and months and months and treated me like I'm common, like I'm basic. When they get into these PMDD moods, I would be out the way. I'd be gone. I'd be gone with the wind. Like you, you wouldn't have to worry about me. You know, there's a meme and it's like, don't worry about me, sweetheart. That's how I feel. If someone treated me like I was basic, treated me like I was common, like I was not special, like I was not their person, like I was not one of the most important people in their life. I would be gone. So why is it that we expect our PMDD partners to receive that kind of treatment and still stay? Because we're the prize. Because PMDD makes us so special that we have something so special that no matter how we treat our PMDD partners, they should just be grateful that they have us. Is that the persona that we're adopting when we get into PMDD? Or when we're not in PMDD, is that what you think about yourself? That you're so special that you don't have to treat your partner like they're special. So you you can treat them like they're common, like they're basic. When is the last time you have done something to show your PMDD partner that they are special to you? That you appreciate that they are in your life and you have PMDD? Because I always talk to you about how to be a good PMDD partner, how to be a good partner while having PMDD. And it is very, very important that you acknowledge that being with you And having, while you have PMDD, it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park for them. And it would be easier 
it would be easier for your partner to date someone, marry someone, be with someone who didn't have PMDD. To find someone who's like you for the whole month. But they don't. And I admire that so much. And I have to remind myself of that every single month. Like you have a partner that could that could have a way easier life. A way easier life. If they chose to just walk away. If they said, you know what? I, I gave it a good go. I did my best. Obviously, it's not good enough because I'm still getting treated like crap. So I'm going to go ahead and leave. And no one would really, no one could really fault them, right? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure your, your PMDD partner has put up with a lot. So it's kind of like, at least they didn't give up at the first, you know, notice of you having PMDD. And so if someone, if you tell your partner, if you're dating and then you tell them you have PMDD and then they're like, oh, you have PMDD, I'm out without even, you know, working on it and trying to like make it better. That would be horrible. But a lot of your PMDD partners have been stuck around for a while. So it's kind of like they got some equity in the home. So if they decided to sell the home, they can ju- they can cash in their chips and just say, okay, well, just cash me out, you know, give me my profit and I'm out. I'm going to go buy another house that doesn't have PMDD in it. And that's what made me shift my mindset and continues to is because when I think about it, I am scared of losing my PMDD partner. And that's what keeps me working on myself every single month. That's what scared me the most when I had that big blow up at the lake because I saw the pain and I said, oh my God, like this is, I went too far. You know, this is like, they're going to leave and they're serious. And it would have been my fault because there were things that I could have done. There were tools that I could have used, but I chose not to. Because I was in that selfish, egotistical mentality, like, look, look, man, I'm suffering. So like you you either take the crumbs that I give you or you walk away and that's it. Like high and mighty, like I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And I, you know, I know it's hard, right? I know it's hard being with a person who has PMDD. I see it in myself. I see it with my clients, but I also see the, the determination, the strength, the love, the commitment, the loyalty in so many PMDD partners. When we have these sessions, I see it. I see the drive and determination to say, you know what? I'm not going to let PMDD win. But you know what else I see when I have these private sessions with the partners of individuals who have PMDD? I see the pain. I see the pain. I've not had one partner, PMDD partner, the one who doesn't have PMDD. I've not had one come on a session with me and not break down and cry. Not one. So for the PMDD partners 
out there listening, you are not alone. I hear you. I see you. I feel your pain. And you know why I feel your pain? Because my partner feels the pain and we're connected. So when I have these sessions, I'm not just connected to the PMDD sufferers, you know, us to have PMDD. I'm connected to the partners because I see it in my partner. So if you know, if you know that you're a PMDD partner and you need help navigating your PMDD relationship and you feel like it's just taking over your partner, you don't know what to do. I'm opening up sessions for my either my monthly check-in where we're just checking in once a month to maintain and to just get some advice um, on your PMDD relationship as a whole, or I'm opening up my PMDD partner's pyramid sessions where we meet one-on-one and I meet one-on-one with you, the partner, and I just talk to you and figure out what is going on with you. And I help you, I give you tools because so many times it can, it can seem like it's all about PMDD and it's all about the PMDD sufferer. It's all about them. They have PMDD. Everything's, I'm, I'm, you're moving everything around your life because the PMDD, everything revolves around the PMDD sufferer. Everything. Everything you do, you're not, you don't even feel like you're doing it right. You're just continuously, you know, being told that you suck, that you should have done it better, that you need to do it better. And the more you try and you don't have any tools, I get it. I get it. I say this to my clients all the time. I believe that if PMDD partners had the tools, they would use them. There's no way that I think that they would choose to just be doing the wrong thing just to like mess with the PMDD sufferer, just be messing with you. There would be no point. So if you know that you need that support, you need that advice from a PMDD relationship expert, reach out to me, www.inlovewithpmdd.com. You can DM me on Instagram at inlovewithpmdd. I talk to PMDD partners Every single day, I spend about two to three hours in my DMs just talking to PMDD partners, giving them advice, talking to them about what they're going through. And the community is so special to me because I didn't have this before. Like earlier in my journey, I didn't have anyone that I could talk to about my PMDD relationship. I I had a, a therapist, a counselor personally, but they didn't even know what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> they didn't know what I was talking about, honestly. And and I love them for so many other things. Like the counselor that I used for my childhood trauma that helped heal me with that. Amazing, right? Amazing. The tools worked. Everything was amazing. It shifted everything in my life. And I started trying to slip in a little bit of, you know, PMDD things here and there. And they were like, you know, blink, blink. Like they were, they were, they were, no, they didn't understand. And it wasn't for a lack of ex, it wasn't for a lack of intelligence, right? I have to be careful of the words that I'm using. They were very intelligent. It was the lack of experience with PMDD, right? And anything that we, help people with, we need to have experience with. And if your person 
whatever you want to call them, your coach, your counselor, your therapist, if they don't have experience with PMDD, they're not going to be able to help you in your PMDD relationship because it's not going to, whatever they're going to tell you is not going to apply. It's not going to be that they're not trying to help. They just don't have the experience with it. And it's not their fault. And that's why I'm working so hard on my dissertation and to get the literature out there um, so that once I am a PMDD doctor, you know, hopefully next year I'm, I'm publishing all my dissertation and all the things. But I want to be able to not only make it knowledgeable for PMDD sufferers and PMDD partners, but also the practitioners that are wanting to know this information. You know, I have counselors, therapists, psychologists, psychotherapists that literally are listening to my podcast to get information about PMDD and relationships. And it's because the literature is not there. So if you need that help, reach out to me. I am here for you. And so now I'm going to give you some tools. Um, for PMDD partners and for, you know, PMDD sufferers when you're really fighting through a lot of these feelings that you're having about having P- these selfish feelings about you're having PMDD and you feel like you shouldn't have to do more work if you're already working to survive. You shouldn't have to do more work in your relationship in order to just maintain it. Like they should just be okay with it. Right. And so I want you to really take yourself out of yourself for a minute. Put yourself in your partner's shoes and think about what they're going through. Think about how they're feeling. Think about how you would feel. I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, the way my partner is when I'm not in PMDD and the way we're so connected and everything is so effortless and we have like little things here and there, but like, what would I do if he just switched up on me every month and I was just sitting there wanting to be loved and like, love me, be there for me and all these things. And they were just like, no, right. They were just telling me, no, I would feel so hurt. I would feel so neglected. I would feel so you know, judged and like, this is not fair. And I would be that person that's trying to like figure out, how to like fix it. Who wouldn't? Because you'd be like, I I just want to get my old partner back. Like you see it, it's so close. And 14 days is a long time. It's a long time. So the first thing I want you to do is when you notice that you're having these selfish thoughts when you're in PMDD and you're feeling like you're just thinking it's all about you and your suffering, I want you to be aware of it. When you first, you have to make mental shifts like over time, right? When you want to fight against those selfish thoughts that are making your PMDD partner suffer more, it's to, it's to notice when you're being a little bit selfish, when you're not recognizing their suffering, when you're seeing the signs, like be more attentive of your partner's suffering. I know my partner's mannerism. So for me, it was about recognizing when I saw my partner being really, really anxious. That was a key indicator that, that my partner is suffering. So you know your partner well enough, hopefully, that you know when they're not their best. 
And when you know that they're not their best, that's when you can start to make, you know that you need to make a shift. So in my partner's case, when he started acting really anxious at the beginning of the visit, if I would have just been like, wait a minute, like we need to address this, we need to stop and I need to, you know, have a talk to really break down those walls. Because a lot of times what my partner had going on was a lot of walls up, you know, because when your partner's on high alert, they don't want to slow down because they feel like they're going to be taken off guard. Right? So notice it and then start to make a shift and address it. Ask them, say, is everything okay? And if they say, yeah, I'm fine, you know, which normally they will, start to ask more questions. because that's when the answers are going to come. If you just ask one yes or no question, just ask another one. Say, is there anything I can do for you right now? You know, is there anything you need? And the next thing is try to understand their emotions. Right? Recognize what they are. Identify them. Is your partner feeling like I had to identify my partner? Is my partner feeling, is your partner feeling anxious? Are they feeling angry? Are they feeling overwhelmed? Like ask them to name the emotion that they're feeling. Or if you know them, you should be able to just look at them and see and be like, okay, they're feeling like this. And notice that when they have those very strong emotions, work to change what you can in them with those emotions. So our emotions come from their thoughts, beliefs, experiences, memories. So if you want to change your partner's emotional state, you can start by changing one of those things. So if your partner says that they're feeling angry or you notice that they're feeling angry, ask them why they felt that way. Try to try to have a conversation about why they're feeling angry. Was it because someone hurt? Because like, is it something that I did to hurt you? And then if it is, then ask them if they say, yeah, it really hurt me when you said, like if my partner would have told me, you know, it hurt me when you said that you wanted space, that would open the door for me to then apologize so that he could forgive me and we could move on. But instead of that happening, when I noticed that he had an attitude, I let him have an attitude and then he walked out. And so, so many times we don't approach our partner because they're acting out of character. But the only time that your partner really acts out of character is when they're hurting. So what you don't need to do, don't judge the hurtful behavior. Try to understand it because it's so much easier to hold on to the the behavior that they're doing that's below the belt, that's offensive. So once we get offended by something, we can start to hold on to it. And then we're no longer caring about the outcome. We're not caring about how they're feeling. We're like, oh, well, if they want to leave, they can leave. They're the ones that walked away or, you know, everything like that because because they've already done something to offend you. So now you're not even trying to help them heal or help them feel better. And then I want you to uncover your negative beliefs about your PMDD partner. What are you believing about them that makes you feel like it's okay to not be concerned with their emotions and their feelings? Because I know PMDD has a way of bringing out flaws that your partner has and magnifying them. Flaws that they have all the time. And when you're in your good days, you don't even bring it up. But as soon as you get in PMDD, 
you're like, oh, look at them. They're doing this again. Or they're, they're not, you know, doing the dishes for me or they didn't pick up the right thing for me. Like it's so easy to point out their flaws. And what, what happens is when you do that over a long period of time, you begin to have a negative belief about them as if they are the enemy. And so you don't want to get on the same page with your PMDD partner because you believe that they are the enemy. And when you're, those beliefs, it's like building up a brick wall, brick by brick. Every time that you're pointing out a flaw, every time that you're criticizing them, everything, every time that you're reminding them of all the things that they've done wrong, you're building up a brick wall. And now before you know it, you're so disconnected. You, you come to the point where once you were connected and you can feel each other's emotions and stuff, and then you get to a point where you're no longer feeling your partner's emotions because you have that wall in between you. And then your partner is left with, how am I going to get this wall down? How am I going to break down this wall? Because now my partner sees me as this horrible person. So you as a PMDD sufferer can begin to look at your partner where you're not even attracted to them. You're not even drawn to them anymore because all you see are flaws and things that are wrong with them and things that they're not doing right. And and you're thinking about every PMDD argument that you've had and how they hurt you and all of the hurtful things that were said. And you're feeling like you need to run away because they're the enemy. So you no longer look at PMDD as the enemy. You're now looking at the other person, your partner as the enemy. And then your partner can't get through to you if they're like, hey, let's talk about that. You're like, no. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. And you act really independent of that because now you've built this persona of them in your mind of who you think that they are. And it's not the person that you originally decided to be with. It's this negative person. And it's all because of what they were trying to do to fight through PMDD. And now you're beginning to think that they're a horrible person because they didn't get it right. So the things that your partner does to try to fight through PMDD, they're not always going to get it right every time because they don't know. They're just doing their best. So you need to let go of that judgment and saying that, you know, they had to do things a certain way and things would have been better if they did it this way or things would have been better if they did it that way. It's natural for us to immediately judge, but the problems happen when we consistently compare their behaviors with what we think that they should do in our minds. We have this expectation that they should meet. And if they don't meet this expectation, then we feel like justified in judging them. So instead of focusing on the things that your partner didn't do right, the thing, the, you know, the arguments that you've had and the situations that you've had when you're in PMDD and they haven't handled them the best way. Focus on what you like about your partner. Focus on what's good about them and focus on the good times that you have by them being in your life and let go of those judgmental thoughts. No one is perfect. And the way that you can break down those judgmental comments and beliefs about your PMDD partner is to replace them with positive ones. When you, when you, it's like a brick. If you take the brick of the negative thought that you have about your partner and replace it with a positive one, before you know it, that wall is going to come down brick by brick because you're going to not feel the need to have that brick up there. You're going to say, Oh, yes, they did this wrong but they also did this right. 
they're trying their best. And so we may judge our partners about things in the past or things that we think that they're going to do in the future. But what's important is like when you feel yourself judging your partner because of how they're handling something in PMDD, there's no damage done in the thought. It is The damage is done in how we choose to respond to the thought. So when I thought that my partner handled the situation wrong with walking away and I choose to judge him on it and I say, oh, he handled it wrong. He should have just stayed. He should have done this. He should have done that. He should have done this. It was my decision on what I did to respond to that thought. So if you let that negative thought linger, it ends up ruining your mood. So that's what happens to me. The longer I chose to fault him, judge him for his reaction to an overwhelming situation, the more I was like, you know what? I don't need I don't need to be with him. I don't need this. I can't believe he did this. And I began to build a wall. But you know what caused that wall to come down is I remembered all of the positive things about my partner and all of the times that he does try. And I realized it's not that he was doing the wrong thing on purpose. He thought he was doing the right thing and he chose a route that wasn't beneficial for me and our relationship. And that's okay. Because there's this time where you just, sometimes when you have PMDD, you just have these months where you're just experimenting with what works and what doesn't work. So instead of judging your partner on what they're doing wrong, let them know that, hey, that doesn't work for me, but let me tell you what would. Help them out. Help them out. Instead of thinking that they're maliciously choosing to do harmful things to you, choose to believe that they probably would have done the right thing had they had the right amount of information and give them some grace and forgiveness and believe them when they're apologizing to you and saying, I really, because that's what my partner did. He was like, If I would have known that me leaving would have had that effect on you and caused you to think all of these things and have abandonment issues and all of this, I never would have done it. And when my partner apologized, it was my choice to either believe what he said or to choose to continue to hold that negative behavior over his head and cause us both to suffer. But I chose to believe him because I know his character. So you have to remember the character of your partner and know that you wouldn't have ever chosen to be with them if they were a bad person. So you have to remember that you chose this person. At some point, you chose to be with this person. That means that they have some level of character that you considered honorable, that you considered worthy of your time, your love, your attention. They are that same person. Their behaviors may have changed over time based off of the circumstances, but the core of who they are is still there. PMDD has a way of changing our behaviors. It doesn't change who we are. So if PMDD changed the behavior of your partner and made them do things that they would have not normally done or said things that they would have not normally said, forgive them for that and know that they're just trying to navigate it and they're they're learning. Give them the grace and the forgiveness to learn on this journey, just like you're learning on it. There's no blueprint, right? So if they made a mistake, if they handled a situation wrong, believe the best about them. Don't choose to believe that they are this person. If they acted angrily towards you, if they were angry at you, 
and they, you know, came at you with bitter and resentment, that doesn't make them an angry person. That means they were frustrated and they were angry. That is an act. That is a behavior. It's not the core of who they are. So you have to remember, remember who your partner is and choose to believe the best in them. Because when your partner is navigating PMDD, they're just trying their best and they're not always going to get it right, but they are trying. Give them the opportunity to continue to try and remember your PMDD partner is suffering just like you are. Give them some grace, give them some forgiveness so that you can move on and you can both have the relationship that you desire and deserve. You got this. PMDD Partners, it is National PMDD Awareness Month. And in lieu of this, I have officially launched In Love with PMDD TV. On this YouTube channel, you are going to be getting exclusive interviews with other PMDD partners. I'm always going to be coming on there, giving you more tools, more things for your PMDD relationships to stop the monthly breakups. But make sure you go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel, In Love with PMDD TV, so you can see more of me. That rhymes. But I'm super excited to be able to provide this for you. And then also, if you're wanting to be a guest on the podcast, In Love with PMDD, where you're listening to me right now, or if you want to be a guest on the TV show, In Love with PMDD TV on YouTube, make sure that you send me an email, rose at inlovewithpmdd.com. Let me know that you want to be a guest. Let me know that you want to share your story. Let me know that you want to share your journey. And for the month of April, I will be having other PMDD sufferers, other PMDD partners come on and collaborate with me on the podcast and then also on In Love with PMDD TV. This is about spreading awareness of PMDD, everything that we're suffering with, everything that we're going through. I want the world to be able to see what it is that we go through on a month-to-month basis so that more tools can be provided. So I'm super excited. Email me, rose at inlovewithpmdd.com, or you can DM me on Instagram as always, where I vlog my journey daily, but I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, we got this.